Overnights with Paul Ross. And we look back last week, of course, we did at the death of Pele. Remarkable figure, global figure, in fact, beyond the world of football, transcending the world of football. Man, he's been on our radar since, well, for as long as I can remember. I mean, his first World Cup was unbelievable. I mean, four World Cups, three of which he won. Unbelievable figure in the world of football. Similarly, in the world of culture, in the world of social change, and, of course, in the world of putting Brazil on the global map. And, and the state funeral, I understand, of Pele is happening today, later on today, at their time. And similarly, we've got tributes paid to in this country. We've had a brilliant documentary on the radio done by our very own Danny Kelly, available now as a podcast via Talk Sports. And one man joins us now. I've spoken to you many times in the past, Latin American correspondent, based in Mexico, but of course with his eyes and ears across all the doings in that part of the world and south of the hemisphere. Sean Bonfiglio joins us once again from Mexico. Good morning, John. How are you, sir? Hey, Paul. I'm good. How are you? Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you as well. So now, um, I think I'm right in saying that Pelly is one of those figures that transcends the world of football. Almost, I would say, mere football when it comes to Pelly's uh, life and career. But of course, as a footballer, he was supreme. Was he, was he regarded in that light by other Latin American countries as well? Was there a certain amount of kind of, not hostility towards him, antipathy towards him because he was so Brazilian? Yeah, I, I think you're, you're absolutely right. And it's really, really interesting because ordinarily, I mean, I think that a good way to measure this is that ordinarily there would be huge antipathy between Argentina and Brazil on the football field and in a sporting and even, I think, in a na national context, right? Two neighboring countries, big countries that, uh, that really struggle for primacy in, in that part of, uh, of South America. But the Argentine reaction, I mean, across all of Latin America, but the Argentine reaction in particular, I think, has been really marked because it has been so... Um, so respectful, so even the way that it's it's spoken about Pele in the context of Maradona and Messi has been about saying he is clearly uh, the greatest and also um, the way in which Pele, as you said at the, the start of the piece as well, the, the way he transcended sport, maybe in a way that, that for sure Maradona and, and, and the likes of Messi haven't, um, or certainly Messi hasn't to date, uh, really uh, is something which which all of Latin America and all of the world, I think, uh, has really been reflecting on, that he was for sure an incredible sporting figure, uh, incredible sporting icon. But what really marks him out is, I mean, he is referred to regularly as the king, yeah. of course, the king of soccer, of football, but how he is regarded, it was regarded in life and in death, is basically as a king uh, an individual that transcended a particular sporting medium. And I suppose the other question here is, is well, the other thing to just remark upon is the fact that he led a life compared to Maradona's that was, shall we say, less controversial, less tabloid-friendly, if you check my meaning. And this, it's, Maradona, Maradona always had that kind of whiff of sulphur behind him, which is part of his state, part of his <laughs> legend, but he wasn't somebody you'd necessarily regard as an ambassador for the sport or indeed for his country. Yeah, Maradona was a very unique uh, figure, but for sure, you know, column inches that surrounded uh, Maradona were all about the man and his his living of life on the edge. And that's not where where Pele was, is and how he chose to live his life. Uh, I mean, Pele also was a minister for sport uh, in Brazil as well and and became to represent really uh, global soccer as well. And, and that was to do with I mean, of course, of, of course, to do with his sporting achievements. But that wouldn't have happened had he not been the man that he was as well. Um, and really something which ev everybody saw a little bit of themselves in Pelé and, and respected him and wanted to be him and really valued his contribution, again, not just to sport, but also to all other aspects of sporting life. And of course, for Brazil, 
Uh, he came to signify not yeah. just soccer, football, but he came to signify Brazil in so many different contexts as well. Brazil, which in many ways in an international context gets a gets a bad, difficult uh, press, but you know, for Pele to be at the forefront of what uh, what Brazil represented internationally was so valued by Brazilians. And I think about it, then we have the new president being sworn in at some stage this week as well. Is that the right? Bolsonaro's replacement. Yeah, that actually happened. So um, today, America's time. Yesterday, UK time. So, um, look, if you if you are in Brazil at the moment, if you have uh, if you are Brazilian, there is so much going on. And I think also this is really wrapped up with Pele as well, because you're also coming. You know, if you're living there at the moment, you're suffering crippling inflation, supply chain uh, crises. You're still reeling at the morning of the scale of of COVID deaths, and there's been this whole conflict related to the validation of the democratic project in Brazil. Bolsonaro has now just gone. Lula has just uh, come back in and so on. And then you add, you multiply that by the World Cup exit and now the death of Pele. So with Pele's funeral coming up today, as people process and say goodbye to uh, to to the coffin, to Pele at the center of uh, the Santos Stadium, they're actually, to my mind, not just saying goodbye to Pele. Really, it's a it's a passing of an age. It's a, it's a change of the guard in in Brazil. It's the end of an era that Brazilians are saying goodbye to. Do, do you think there'll be a, a legacy as far as public buildings, roads, and monuments will be concerned? Will, will we see things? And this sounds rather trite, but I think it's important to put him in a cultural context. Will things be named after him? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I, already they are, but they will be so much more over the ensuing uh, weeks, months and, and years. And, and I think you're right to say that we've already spoken about Pele as a live ambassador for Brazil, but that name, uh, which is synonymous with so much, is not going to go away and is going to be used uh, for sure by governments, but also by I think private business and and so on uh, to really be, to to continue to signify certain things and and in many ways what it will continue to signify is the best of Brazil. Now I know the Santos side that he played for for so many years are dropping the the number ten. Show. I wonder if the Brazilian national side might also consider that. Yeah, they may well do. And actually, Neymar's um, come out and said that the number 10 shirt before Pele was just a number 10 shirt. But Pele really made it the shirt that everybody wanted to uh, to wear. So it's very, very possible. I mean, look, if you're going to if a national side is going to retire a shirt, then, you know, if they don't do it now, when are they going to do it? Now, um, I've only been to Brazil once. and It was back in the 80s. And I was very surprised by what I regarded as. I mean, I, I read uh, Colin McInnes's book, Absolute Beginners, made into a dreadful film in the 80s. And in that, it was written in the 60s, Brazil's presented as this beacon of not exactly racial harmony, but diversity, before we use that word as commonly. When I went there, I didn't find that was true at all. I found a, a great degree of, of hierarchy, particularly with people, you know, people of African heritage, darker-skinned people. I mean, slavery wasn't abolished, I think, in Brazil until 1888, much later than other countries. And there were, what, there were six million enslaved people there at that time. And I wonder whether Pelle went, in some ways, towards breaking down that prejudice, that there was prejudice... In Brazil, I'm sure there still is prejudice as a result, sadly, all over the world, but I wonder whether Penny helped break down those barriers within Brazil itself. Yeah, Brazil is massively, hugely diverse, but that doesn't necessarily equate to it being an equal society. And I think there are still uh, very on, very much, uh, there's, there's an ongoing legacy of, uh, of discrimination that goes through not just uh, to the Afro-Brazilian community, but also the indigenous community and 
uh, and and so on. So that that is very much in in evidence. And as you say, uh, Brazil was one of the last countries to uh, to outlaw um, slavery. So th- that legacy is very present there. Actually, interestingly, it's one of the critiques that uh, Pele receives that he didn't do as much as he, or the argument goes that he didn't do as much as he might have done with his exalted, uh, unique position as an Afro-Brazilian sporting icon to further the causes of his community. And he quietly went about his his way. That's just about the only criticism, I think, really, that you hear quietly, and not just now, but you you have heard uh, quietly over the over a period of the last couple of generations. But everything else is universally positive about the man. I think I'm right in saying that something in the region for six million enslaved Africans were, were sent to Brazil, taken to Brazil, transported to Brazil, which is about 40% of the total slave people that were abducted from from Africa, and about 10 times the amount, for example, that went to North America, went into the USA. And yet the focus in the USA is still very much on that. I don't know if it necessarily is in, in Brazil. Is it something that's kind of almost, um, not, not exactly ignored, but do they regard it as kind of a done deal, best consigned to history now? Is that their attitude of it towards it going forward? I, I think maybe it's just not as um, vivid or spoken about in a, in a day-to-day context, but it's certainly very much there. But, but also going back to the context of Pele and race, that's also why I would say that the three, his three World Cup wins, which took place during a military dictatorship yeah. in Brazil, why they signified so much. Because it was a boy, in the first instance, a 17-year-old black boy who had come up from being a shoeshine boy, you know, absolute uh, rags to riches, his family had nothing. And for that kind of figure to be the most exalted sporting figure in Brazil at the age of 17 was a massively prideful representation of what the the, the Afro-Brazilian community in Brazil could achieve. And, and that really not just speaks volumes, but also does so much more to... Um, to break boundaries and uh, and send a message than than anything that anybody could actually just you know say or write. So it's not an overstatement to say the whole of well certainly South America maybe the whole of Latin America united in mourning for him this morning then. I think you're absolutely right. I mean Brazil declared three days of mourning and and of course there are already queues outside the Villa Villa Belmiro the Santos Stadium. But this is uh, this is a death that even though we knew it was coming we we all saw it coming. It was it was trailed for a long period of time because we knew he was sick and in hospital and, and not responding for tr- to treatment, even though we knew it was coming. This is something which has really hit the, the global community. I mean, I don't, there is no country on earth that has not covered the death of Pele. John, always an absolute pleasure talking to you. So John Bonfiglio, they're live from Latin America, from Mexico. In fact, you're going to meet Paul Ross and you guys on Talk Sport and Talk Radio. We're live till five.